This is episode 55, Brokenness to Forgiveness with Isa Cueva Santos. Mabuhay and welcome to the Best of You podcast, the home of inspiration for Filipinos around the world. Here's another inspiring interview designed to help you grow, impact, and become the best version of yourself. Hey guys and welcome to today's special episode and I am very privileged to get the chance to sit down with Isa from Gawa Kalinga and very powerful, very very powerful where she talks about the power of forgiveness and the value of helping others in overcoming their situation. So Isa in her own words is a woman who gets things done, a person who strives for excellence. I got the chance to do this interview in her office at Gawakalinga's global headquarters, as I like to say. She is a full-time volunteer and board member of Gawakalinga, and she has devoted a lot of her life to the mission of GK. And of course, uh, as from a previous guest, GK is one of my favorite organizations operating in the Philippines, doing some wonderful work, and obviously within the Philippines, and of course in many other countries, it is known for its effectiveness, its out, outstanding effectiveness in making a difference in poverty alleviation. So Issa had a very unique childhood in terms of a very tragic occurrence when she was just 13. She witnessed um, yeah, the assassination of her father. And we can only imagine how the impact that had on a young girl. However, as Issa will share in this interview, she was able to overcome that in terms of able to forgive her father's killer and become an advocate for people in extreme poverty. So extremely powerful, extremely courageous, extremely very touching interview with Issa. And I, I feel very blessed that Issa gave us time for this interview. So please get comfortable in this two-part interview with the wonderful and amazing Isa Cavias Santos. Thank you. Did you cup? Hey Isa. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, we're, we're live from GK Global Headquarters today. <laughs> so, nice to be called that. Yes, Global Headquarters. So I really appreciate it because our first guest, uh, your sister, <laughs> Your very good friend Anna Maloto-Wilk, she recommended you to me. So finally, from episode number one, that we get this opportunity to sit down and talk for our listeners. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your time also. Excellent. Thank you so much. So, go straight into it. I'm going to mix about my questions here. So, what is the best change you've ever made? So far, I think the best change has been just to face life every day with courage and hope because I think that there really was a point in my life where it wasn't like that. I think it, there really was a good solid number of years where I couldn't wake up with that hope and I think it was easier to succumb to hopelessness, to despair. And even when I did figure out that I could change my life, 
it also took a lot of courage because I think it's a lot easier to stay in a comfort zone where you're sad or you're depressed or you're angry or you're thinking about yourself. Um, and it really takes courage, not one-time courage, but everyday courage to wake up and say, I have a chance to shape my life the way that I think should be. Mm-hmm. I have a chance to go after my purpose. And that takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. It still takes a lot of courage today. So what are you most grateful for right now? Mm, that's funny. Gaud Kalinga is actually in a 14-day hope challenge. And today, that is the question. What are you most grateful for? Really? Yeah. How such coincidence. But today, I, I woke up with my children beside me. And I really, really thought to myself. I just had this conversation with Anna, actually. Mm. And said, I think that family is the most taken-for-granted gift. Even for me, I think that I take for granted that I wake up every day with just people that I love the most. And sometimes it's easy to take it for granted because you do wake up every day beside them, but it's such a gift. Yesterday, I got a text from my daughter. So my mom visited her yesterday. I was still at work. And as soon as my mom stepped into the door, my daughter told her, Mom, Lola, can I borrow your phone? Because I'm going to text mom. And she sent me a text and said, Hi, mom. I know that you're busy, but as soon as you get home, I'm going to give you a big hug. And she even misspelled it. It was (laughs) H-U-G-E. Of which, of course, I very quickly corrected her spelling. But just to get things like that, the small things, I think, Mm -hmm. um, to have people that love you, um, to have a mission to live for, to know your purpose, these are the things I'm most grateful for. I, love, I, I hope you've saved that text. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is there. Both, I've, I've also gotten a screenshot just in case. So, My mom was so struck by it. She actually posted about it today too and just um, reminded me how blessed I was um, mm. to have this undeserved love. I, do not, I don't know what I do right for my children to love me this much. I'm not a very good mother for all intents and purposes. Very imperfect, but to have that kind of unconditional love um, even when you don't deserve it, is such a gift. Mm-hmm. So, when you think of a compliment that you've received in your life, regardless, you can go back to your childhood or you can go back in more recent years, is there a particular compliment that stands out the most in terms of meaning for you that you would like to share with us? It's, that's a very difficult question, I think, because I, I'm not, very sure uh, it was just my birthday a couple of days back and you know how when it's your birthday everybody greets you and, and they say these things about you and I almost always read it and I wonder if it's me that they speak about and this is not at all false humility of, of any sort but it it really confuses me when I see messages that people write about me and I always write them back and I say I I almost didn't recognize this person that you speak about it doesn't feel like it's me because um, oftentimes I I don't really end my day really thinking wow you've made such a difference but to hear that um, especially on special days and, and even on regular days I, I get little messages that say thank you for the inspiration thank you for this and that and I think coming back to courage I because of Facebook <laughs> we have this ongoing conversation among friends actually I tend to post 
things that I'm grateful for. Um, it's not that my life is perfect. It really isn't. But I only really choose to post about the good. I don't yeah. understand why I would post um, dirty laundry um, on social media. But sometimes I think it does make people believe that your life is perfect. So they often wonder, is, is life so perfect for you? Yeah. And I always tell them, life is not perfect, but there is always a reason to be grateful. Yes. And so I think most of the time people will tell me that they just are inspired by it. Or I love little messages that say, I really almost gave up today, but because of you, I didn't. And, wow. And I think that to be able to, I guess, be used by the Lord in that way, because um, I don't think that how I live my life is in any way inspiring, but to be used by God to inspire another person is a powerful thing. Mm. Very humbling. I don't think I'll ever understand it. It feels to me like God would use more perfect people for it. But I'm very grateful that in this world, when you show imperfection and you rise above it, that people are inspired by it. Well, I want to add myself to that list of people that have been inspired by you. Uh, before we started recording this interview, we, oh, I think it was almost an hour and a half, we chatted <laughs> over a coffee um, in terms of just sharing each of those stories. I, I, I felt really inspired by, um, even if today if this is just listened to an audience of one, yeah. which it won't be, but um, it's the small things. I love your answer. It's, it really is the small things. That is how you live your life that counts the most. Is there a particular, whether it be a verse or a quote, that has really helped you on your journey, uh, that stands out, that really inspires you, that's um, in terms of how to live the life that you're living, or striving to live? Uh, well, one particular verse that I have always kept to heart, and something that I always share with young women is um, a favorite verse of mine, which is, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. And, and to me, that is the kind of woman that I want to become. I want to be a woman that is clothed with God's dignity. And I really want to understand very deeply that I am a person who is loved. And so I laugh without fear of the future. If, if the future is 20 seconds from now, if the future is a long life ahead to see my grandchildren, but to simply know that you know you have a God that loves you, you have mm -hmm. a God that's out to think only for your good, um, then that, of course, is something to look forward to. So that's always been sort of the kind of woman I want to be, Proverbs 31 kind of woman. Wow. Can you say it again, just so that's so far powerful? She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Oh, that's wonderful. What is the best advice you ever got? Uh, I would say my mom, my mom lost her husband when she was very young. Uh, she was only 38 when my dad was killed. Mm -hmm. And over and over again, um, she will always tell me, anchor yourself on the Lord. Uh, you can be, you can fall in love with your children, but do not anchor yourself on your children. Anchor yourself on the Lord. You can fall in love with your mission. Um, you can give your life to your mission, but anchor yourself on the Lord. Because at the end of it, your mission may change. Your children may fall into the wrong path. Uh, you may lose people that you love. 
But when you are anchored on the Lord, then you stand on solid ground and you will always find a place to rebuild again. Mm. And if you build yourself on any other foundation, then mm. you set yourself up for failure. Mm. And so that's always been with me, um, my guiding mission. When I, People ask me all the time why I stay in GK. Uh, and I always tell them, I know GK makes an impact on poverty, but I do not stay because of impact. I know that GK is God's work, but I don't stay in GK because it's God's work. I, I stay here because I know that God is calling me here. Mm -hmm. And if tomorrow, even if I love this organization and I really believe in the people here, if I were called elsewhere, if I were called to teach, if I were called to serve my family full-time, yeah. if I really felt that the calling for me was different, then I would pursue that calling because I think that is the most important thing in life. I don't think God measures us in impact because um, I could always, it's hard for me to imagine a work against poverty that can be more meaningful than GK. But if I were, if the calling changed, then that's what I would pursue. Because mm. I really think that living out your purpose is the single most important thing that you should do in your life. Because mm. I think God really called each one of us to a specific purpose that no one else can live out. And so living that out faithfully is so important. Oh, that's so, so true. So, so true. The purpose-driven life. Yes. And so much of it is only you can understand. You're the only one that's, that can't sleep at night because of that fire in your heart. And so to not, I guess, to not live out that fire seems like not a life at all to me. Mm. To try and live something else different from what you know you're passionate about. I just cannot see myself doing that. I can't see myself being really passionate about something and then going through the rigors of every day, not following that. I mean, how mm. can that be a life? It's a life wasted. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> you know, when you, my father literally died for me. I mean, my heavenly father, of course, but then also my dad um, was assassinated and we were together in a motorcycle. And it's very clear to me that there's two people that have given up their life for me, one of them being God, the other one being my father, whom I love dearly, it feels to me like I really owe it to them to mm. live this life with purpose. Otherwise, then I should have just taken his place. I mean, mm. what is this life for? It's not just one wasted life. It's two wasted lives, really. Yeah. So that's the kind of burden I carry. I want to make sure that this life makes sense. So could we build on that in terms of because my next question was on heroes. Mm. So I want to know who your hero is. It would, be, it would be my father, I mean, among many others. But, mm. I mean, even in the Bible they say, no greater love than this, to give up one's life mm. for another. And very concretely, that's what my father did. Mm. I think that I have other second dads who have guided me all through my life and I can't imagine my life without them. One of them being Tito Tony, of course, but mm. with my father, it was very special because mm. he really faced death for me and all that I have today is really because of him. If in that defining moment he had decided differently, then I would not be here. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be here speaking with you. I wouldn't be here having my beautiful children. I wouldn't be here serving in this mission that I love. And so there can be no greater hero for me than that. Mm. My life could have ended at 13 
if in that defining moment he had decided differently. Mm. That's extremely powerful. I remember reading your story in um, Genius of the Poor, mm. which will have links on the show notes. Uh, one of the best books I've ever read in terms of s- stories and um, commitment. It was GK's story about this uh, passion for making a difference. It's, uh, it's beautiful. But on the subject of books, is there a particular, other than Genius of the Poor, <laughs> I'll be cheating, is there a particular, if, if you were to recommend one book for our listeners that's really personally helped you, what would that be? That's very difficult. Wow. I mean, I've read a whole lot of books. Oh, but maybe one of very recently, uh, maybe about a year ago, I came across this book called Leading with Questions. Okay. And it really, I had never experienced that before. Um, We had to undergo a workshop with some of the best leaders of Microsoft. And the framework of it was leading with questions. And it came with a book. can't remember the author now. But I really realized how powerful it is when we just ask questions instead of trying to offer advice or trying to offer whatever it is we think we know. Mm. And since then, it has really changed the way that I look at my relationships, that mm. I try to ask more questions now. And it really, it, I can really point to that one book when you realize that there is a change in your perspective. And I love books like that. I love books that challenge the way you see things and make you self-reflect and actually make you act. Yeah. And, and that to me is the real power of anything that influences you anything I think if you say that you were inspired the real measure of it is did you self-reflect and did it actually lead you to act on it because otherwise then it's just I don't know if you can say that's inspiration then you can just say in that moment it was something insightful but if it lends you to change something in your life I think that's very powerful and that's what that book did for me well, I'm, I'm doing a Google search right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you know did. who the author is? I can't remember. It, okay. It's been a while. I actually don't know who borrowed it last. So the office has been borrowing it. But it was yeah. very powerful to me. Even just the concept of leading with questions was very powerful for me. Because Perfect. I think a lot of times people come to you as a leader and expect you to have answers. Exactly, yeah. I loved that. It really changed my framework of leadership where a real leader asks questions. He mm. doesn't he doesn't just give the answer. So just to help our, leader, our listeners um, understand a practical example, could you share maybe a scenario where you're using some of these great questions that, that our listeners would benefit from? I think that, so we had to undergo this workshop mm-hmm. for three whole days where you cannot make a statement. You can only ask a question. That's extremely hard. I can tell you it was so hard especially in an environment where they were all leaders and we were all leaders and you're very used to it I really came from a frame of and because we've been in GK for longer than most people people really come to you with a question and I think when we started to change strategy where people came to me and I didn't give them an answer I just asked them a question even they were taken pretty they were they were taken aback by it <laughs> because I think people come to a leader expecting to have an answer and when they realized that I wouldn't give them an answer, I would just ask a question. Mm. Even they had to really change the way that 
their own attitude about coming to me because they needed to be a bit more prepared. Yeah. Instead of coming to me and expecting an answer, they knew that I would ask them questions. And it really became such a great relationship with co-workers now. And they understood that the solutions oftentimes really lay with them. Because I wouldn't give them a solution. I would just ask them questions. Yeah. And oftentimes, we came up with better solutions, to be honest. I usually come to meetings very prepared. Uh, people know that here. I will never come into a meeting unprepared. Ever. Mm. Ever. I will always, I'll always ask what the agenda is. I'll always do some work beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I'm just that kind. But yeah. then it became, it became preparing good questions. Yes. It wasn't preparing good answers. And mm. it just, it really changes so much of how you think. Wow. Because it's just so much harder than you realize. It is so much easier to give an answer. Yes, exactly. Very difficult to keep asking questions. Mm. The power of great questions. Mm. I love that. I love that. And, and that book is great because it really sort of walks you through the strategies. Because it's very hard to figure it out on your own. <laughs> I can tell you that. Like, it's easier said than done. So, what would be a simple question? What do you think? Uh, what do you think is a good start? Yeah. Or, uh, oftentimes when people come to me with a challenge, my favorite question now is: So, if you were me, what would you do? Uh... And I always tell them: Please don't think that I'm asking you this as a cop out to my own role, because I also don't want people to think that I'm just putting my responsibility on them, which really isn't the case. Yeah. I mean, I know what my own answer would be, but the beautiful part about it, to be honest, is I come into a meeting thinking one way, yeah. because I do think about it. I usually know what the issues are prior to them bringing it up with me because they'll have to put it in an email somewhere. Yeah. And I often come in with a certain frame of how I'd solve a certain problem. But if you keep asking questions, the beauty of it is that 8 out of 10, what we end up doing is not what I thought of. Yes. And this is just me being very honest. That's that's the truth of it, which really I could almost knock myself in the head for living life differently in the early years of my leadership because yes. I thought that the role of the leader was to have the answer. Yes. So that's been transformational in your own leadership journey. It is, it is. That book really that book and that workshop um, really, really was pivotal, I think. Mm. Fantastic. I mm. really appreciate that recommendation. I mm. think I'm on it. Mm. <laughs> It'll be on our show notes for listeners to uh, check that book and out. And right after we did that workshop, I actually did it again with staff here. Oh, you conducted the workshop here? Uh, well. So I'm not sure. I'm not. Uh, people who know me know that I'm not a very good facilitator or workshop person. I'm not. It's just not one of my skills. But we did try to put that into our regular stream. So in all of the meetings, we did practice it. It takes a bit of practice yeah. because I think the frame of mind of people is different. Yeah. And if you cannot give an opinion, it's very hard. Or if you have to give your opinion in the form of a question, which is most often what people do sometimes, <laughs> the cheaters. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, they just try to couch it as a question, but it's really more of a prescribed solution yeah. said in a question format so even that you have to take out because that's the first thing that most people do mm. like so what do you think of which is not allowed yeah I love I was recently at a group meeting we, we, one of the rules was no advice mm. you're not allowed to give advice only when asked because everyone jumps to our own yep. solutions and we have a bias towards that our idea 
you know that phrase everyone <coughs> ideas are like children everyone loves their own <laughs> but it's really a series of great questions we get to the not my idea or your idea but the best idea yeah so that's that's powerful I appreciate that and I think creating an environment where people know that their ideas are valued is very important mm. I think if you and there's nothing more powerful than giving it out because I think you can say that all you want I mean you can always have these little powwows and brown bag meetings with employees and tell them, yeah, your ideas are important, but if you don't really ask them questions where they're allowed to say what they think is important, then you're just, it's just talk. Yeah. And without, I mean, there's nothing more powerful than actually asking them. Yeah. Because then they know that mm. their ideas are valued. And of course, I always share with people, I won't always agree with you, um, yeah. So, asking the question doesn't mean we'll agree, but mm. I want to hear it. Mm. I'm, I'm glad we took some time to talk about this. Mm. It's a great book. Yeah. And very practical. I mean, I think there are a lot of books that talk to you about theory, but then if you're not... That actually comes with... Because it came with a workshop, It, I guess it was... Maybe that's why it also landed with me better. Maybe if I had just read the book, I'm not sure if it would make as much impact. But when I actually had to practice it in three days, like and three full days, yeah. it was just so hard that I really remember it. Wow. And to get feedback as well, live feedback. That was a great, I mean, maybe because they were really making an investment for their leaders. It was a very good workshop. Yeah. One of the best ones I attended. And there you have it, guys. That is part one of a two-part interview with Isa. I encourage you now to go to episode 56 to catch part two. Very amazing, very empowering, very inspiring. Wonderful stuff from me, so please go to part two. Thank you. For more inspiring interviews and motivational messages, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll get latest episodes in your mobile devices. You can also go to bestv.ph and subscribe to our mailing list and get weekly updates and messages. You can also connect with us by following us on facebook.com slash on Twitter at bestofyou underscore ph or Instagram at bestofyou.ph. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube for weekly Minute with Mike videos. That's all for now. Again, thank you for joining us here at Best of You, the home of inspiration for Filipinos around the world.